0: Welcome to episode 24 in The Lives of the Saints, second series. I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church. In this episode, I pay tribute to St. Jerome of Jerusalem, whose feast day is September 30th. The musical theme for the series is Horatio Nelson's hymn, From All the Saints in Warfare, written in 1864 A.D., played to the tune Aurelia, primarily remembered as the tune for the Church's One Foundation. The recording was produced in the United Kingdom by Richard Irwin, whose website, www.hymnswithoutwords.com, includes many traditional Anglican hymns and tunes available for download and use in local services. I thank Richard Irwin for granting permission for its use. St. Jerome is unusual in that, reversing the pattern of St. Irenaeus of Lyon, he was born in the West but came famous, became famous for his work in the East. St. Jerome was born Eusebius Sophronius Hieronymus around 27 March 345 A.D some accounts say 340 to 342 A.D., in the village of Striden, near the border between Dalmatia, now part of Croatia, and present-day Slovenia and northern Italy. His family were of native Illyrian stock, the ethnic group which founded Dalmatia, drawing into question the modern assertion that St. Jerome was of Italian ethnicity. Both his parents were Roman Catholics and were wealthy landowners. The many early biographies of St. Jerome, written in his own time and more recently, offer little about his childhood or his education other than that he studied at a grammar school and that he was in his youth an idle boy. The assumption is, is that he grew up speaking a dialect of the Illyrian language. The illustration is Jerome in His Study, a fresco painted by Italian artist Domenico Gerlandio in 1480 AD at the Chiesa Agnissanti, or Church of All Saints, in Florence, Italy. At about the age of 15 to 17, which you must remember is early adulthood in his own time, and it was sometime before 360 AD, he and a friend went to Rome, where by his own admission in his later letters, he led a licentious life among the students at Rome. Studying first rhetoric, a popular discipline in his day, he later studied under a well-known grammarian from whom he learned Latin and some Greek. Initially skeptical about Christianity, he was increasingly repelled by the behavior of his fellow students and, possibly for inspiration, began visiting the extensive Roman catacombs where the early martyrs of the Christian church were buried. He was baptized at Rome around 366 AD according to Roman Catholic tradition by Pope Liberius. Growing discouraged over the moral decline he witnessed at Rome between his baptism in in 366 A.D. and 370 A.D., he and a group of friends traveled into Gaul in present-day France, then to Aquilia on the border between present-day Italy and Slovenia, and also into present-day Germany, then onward to his hometown of Striden, which he he found similarly depraved in a moral sense. It was there, in that region, that he first realized his inclination to live a monastic life and began working with a group who called themselves monks, and it may be one of the earliest uses of that term in the Western Church. Here also he began the study of Scripture and wrote a book about Obadiah. Between 371 and 380 A.D., the start of his full adulthood, he journeyed through present-day Greece and onward to Constantinople, the capital of the, of the Byzantine or early Roman, uh, Eastern Roman Empire, and farther eastward and southward through Asia Minor, including Galatia, Silesia, and Cappadocia, the home region of the Eastern Monastic Fathers. He arrived at Antioch, the second see of the Christian church, in 373 or 374 A.D. There, his first period of actual monastic living began lasting five years. And like so many, including St. John Chrysostom and St. Basil of Caesarea, this kind of life severely harmed his health, especially his eyesight. During this period, he learned Hebrew from a Jew who had become a Christian, began translating books of the Old Testament, and started correspondence with the new pope at Rome, Damasus, with whom he became a close friend. Around 379 A.D., he left the monastery and returned to Antioch, where he was ordained by Bishop Paulinus of Antioch although he never took up any duties as a priest in any parish. Around 380 AD, he moved to Constantinople, where he studied scripture for two years under the new Byzantine Archbishop, Gregory Nazianzen. During this period, he was introduced to another of the Cappadocian fathers, St. Gregory of Nyssa, and attended the Second Ecumenical Council, which met at Constantinople in 381 A.D. to clarify the description of Jesus Christ and add a final paragraph concerning the equality of the Holy Spirit with God the Father and God the Son. Related material offered by the AIC are two series, the Nicene Creed, in which in episode 7 covers the Council of Constantinople and the Lives of the Saints second series in which Gregory of Nyssa is the focus of episode 6 and Gregory Naziansen is the focus of episode 7. All three episodes are linked from the digital library page at our website www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. After his sojourn at Constantinople, St. Jerome returned to Rome around 382 A.D., where he served under his friend and mentor, Pope Damasus, producing a version of the Book of Psalms and a new translation of the New Testament that became part of what was later known as the Vulgate Bible, or Bible written in vernacular Latin, which was used by the Roman Catholic Church until the late 20th century. Following the death of Pope Damasus and the consecration of a less sympathetic successor, Saint Jerome, his brother and a group of friends sailed for Palestine in August 385 AD. He never again, alive, returned to Rome. The illustration is Jerome in his study, a tempera and gold on panel by Antonio di Fabriano II painted in 1546 A.D. and now at the Walters Art Gallery in Baltimore, Maryland. St. Jerome spent the final years of his life in the East. With Bishop Paulinus of Antioch and others, he traveled in Bethlehem, Jerusalem, Syria, and Egypt. He attended lectures at the Catechetical School of Alexandria, jointly founded in the previous centuries by St. Clement of Alexandria and Origen, where he met a priest who had known St. Anthony of Egypt, the first monastic. St. Clement is the subject of episode 1 and St. Anthony of episode 7 in the series, The Lives of the Saints, second series, mentioned in the previous slide and accessible at the same location on our website, www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. He returned to Bethlehem in 388 AD and remained there for the rest of his life. According to tradition, he resided in Jesus' birthplace in a two-room cave under the new Church of the Nativity built earlier in the same century under the sponsorship of St. Helen, mother of Constantine. St. Jerome died at Bethlehem on the 30th of September 420 A.D. St. Jerome's written legacy, many works of which fill volume 6 in the second series of the classic late 19th century collection The Nicene and Post-Nicene Fathers, and which are exceeded in pure volume only by his contemporary St. Augustine of Hippo. These works include The Vulgate Bible, in which he wrote the New Testament and Psalms at Rome, the Old Testament part written at Jerusalem. Readers should know that St. Jerome's Vulgate Bible is arranged in a different order than that found in the King James Version and in other non-Roman Catholic translations of the Bible. He wrote dozens of homilies and commentaries on many books of the Old and New Testaments. He also translated the work of early church scholars, including Eusebius, the first church historian. He wrote well over a hundred letters to friends, scholars, bishops, and others on a wide range of topics. Commemorations of St. Jerome include his designation by the Roman Catholic Church as a Doctor of the Church, along with Saints Augustine, Gregory the Great, and Ambrose of Milan. He is the patron saint of writers, translators, and librarians. Images of St. Jerome generally show him as a scholar engaged in writing and translation. In Roman Catholic art, he is usually represented as either wearing the hat of a cardinal or with a cardinal's hat somewhere in the scene, although that position did not exist until the 13th century. He is also often shown with a lion since he is said to have tamed a lion by removing a thorn from its paw. The illustration is a close-up detail from Domenico Giurandoli's 14th-century fresco Jerome in his study, used in full size in several previous episodes in the series. They show him with his gla- with show his glasses, an hourglass and in the background, in the upper left, a cardinal's hat on the bookcase. St. Jerome was buried in Bethlehem, but his remains were later moved to Rome at the Basilica of Santa Maria Maggiore, a papal basilica that is the largest dedicated to Marian devotions at Rome. As noted on the slide, his remains enjoyed a brief period at Constantinople before being taken on to Rome. There are other places in the Western Church that also claim possession of the remains of Saint Jerome of Jerusalem. The collect for the Feast of Saint Jerome is from the nineteen sixty three edition of Lesser Feasts and Fasts. O God who has given us the Holy Scriptures for a light to shine upon our path, grant us after the example of thy servant Jerome so to learn of thee according to thy holy word, that we may find in it the light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining me for episode 24 in the Lives of the Saints, second series. Next time in episode 25, I celebrate the life of St. Francis of Assisi, Whose feast day is October the 4th. Episodes of this and all our video series are available on both our YouTube channel, the full URL address for which is https colon slash slash www.youtube.com slash c slash St. John C, with everything after the dot com in lowercase letters, please. And please be sure to include the S after HTTP. They are also found through the episode links at our newly redesigned website, www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. At that site, the digital library link gives access to all our seasonal videos and other videos, including the Christian Education Series. The Bible Study link similarly connects you to our two existing Bible Study video series, the New Testament Gospels and Revelation. The Podcast Homilies link gives access to our extensive archive of MP3 podcast homilies, both for the Sundays in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer and on other topics and services. The Podcast Archive uh, links give you access to the podcasts of our Christian education, seasonal, and Bible study videos. The two virtual bookstore links at the bottom center of the home page provide access to information about both the paperback and Kindle editions of all our AIC bookstore publications. Purchase of these books helps fund this Internet ministry, with 100% of all book royalties contributed to the AIC. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our newly redesigned website and use its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.